Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Jesus, praise God. You can be seated this morning. Amen. Isn't it good to be in the house of God? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I think sometimes we just need to learn to take time for God. Amen. Get in a big hurry to get done and go spend money at a restaurant. We all should be on diets, right? No, no, no. Now I'm meddling. I won't, I won't go there. Uh, real quick, just before we get started, first of all, want to welcome everybody. We're glad that you're here. Welcome everybody that's online. We also want to release uh, high school, junior high. Uh, you guys are free to go. If you'd like to go out with Alex, that's great. Um, I just want to remind you, you know, first of all, let me just say this. We apologize. Can I, can I apologize? We don't do real well with our announcements. We are going to get it better. This, if, if, if it's the last thing I do on my tombstone, they're gonna, it's going to be written. They figured out announcements. I'm telling you, we're going to get it figured out. Uh, we're, you know what we're going to probably do? I mean, I mean just, th- this is dangerous, but I feel dangerous today, okay? So... I'm thinking that we're going to go back to video announcements. What do you think? I'm thinking we're going back to video announcements. What do you think? I'm I'm going to get all of you. I think we're going to go to video announcements. What do you think? (laughs) Told you it was dangerous. It's like there's some people out there like, well, it uh, it is always a little bit of a chore to try to figure out when to do that, but we're going to get it figured out here one of these days. But I just want you to remember about New Life 101, uh, the Growing Believers class. Remember about that. Life Track is starting up uh, on the, uh, 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 what, is it the fourth? See, see what I mean about announcements? Uh, it's, but see, being that I'm joking about it, you will remember. You will remember. And then remember, uh, 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 Johanna has a Bible study that she's starting on Hosea. You don't want to miss that. Uh, Then also the Heart of the Warrior. Uh, This is going to be a Men of Valor uh, book study for men. Uh, This is going to start um, the 31st on Wednesday night at 5 p.m. You can see Gabriel about that. And then also we got a marriage class coming up on the 11th of September. And so we are very, very busy and got a lot going on. Please sign up uh, for that in the foyer. Go to our information center. There is a little bit of information there, so uh, you can find out about that, and we can make sure that you get involved. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me over to the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms this morning, uh, chapter 63. We'll get to that here in a minute. I, you know, it's really funny how God does things. Um, I don't talk to Jason about the songs. You know, in other words, I don't talk to Jason and say, hey, these three songs or these four songs will go really good with my message. So I didn't sit down with Jason. I didn't do any of that. But I was amazed listening to all three songs this morning, how uh, right online they are with the sermon that, that God has given me. And uh, the, the funny thing about this is, is that there was actually going to be another sermon. I had written something else and then changed it. So it's not like Jason could have seen it because he didn't know I made the change. And so there was all kinds of different things going on there. But God knows. Amen. 
God knows what he's doing. And so I want to minister this message that's, it's, it's, a, it's a significant message. It's a, it's a message that, um, that is deep on my heart. And the reason it's on my heart like this is because I need, I'll just tell you, this is what God is speaking to me. Okay, this is when I'm in the, my private time in the prayer room and I'm with God alone. This is what God is putting on my heart. But I don't feel like this is just a message for me. I really do feel like this is not only a message for us as a church. I think this is a message for the church in the wider realm, the church of Jesus Christ in the world. I believe God's calling us to go deeper with him. Can you say amen? Now, the reality is, is, is that is a, a fairly vague statement, going deeper with God. But really what this is, is this is about challenging your relationship with God, that you don't settle, that you don't settle just for good enough. Can you say amen? You know what the enemy of best is, is better. Good is the enemy of better, better is the enemy of best. And sometimes what happens is we can settle, we can settle in, and we can get comfortable. Um, well, I'm here today to maybe unseat you a little bit, to make you a little bit uncomfortable. Not in a bad way, not in a, a negative way, but in a positive way. I want to challenge your relationship, God. I want to challenge you this morning to go deeper. Because if we're going to experience God on a greater level, if we are going to see him move in more significant ways, then we must go deeper with him. Are you hearing me? We have to go deeper. If we are going to be the people of God that he has called us to be, then we must go deeper with him. God wants us to have a deep, long-lasting relationship with him that is real. You say, well, why do you say that's real because sometimes we can create a facade. We can create a, a, a temporary, fictitious, thinly layered facade that looks like the real deal, but it's not. And I'm not saying that, 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 that we're evil people or we're bad people. It's just very easy to grow accustomed to the buzzwords and the things that you say and do in a church when you've been around a while that gives the appearance that you have a deep relationship with God, but in fact, there's really nothing there. And so we have to go deeper. We have to strive to find God in a deeper place. Can you say amen? Now listen to me this morning. Keeping our relationship with God fresh and vital over the long haul is not automatic. It requires forethought, effort, and constant attention. And the reason why is because it's easy to be pulled into complacency in your Christian life. Think about this with me. Things, even good things, can become routine. Amen. I did my quiet time. Check. Went to church, check. Read my Bible, check. But in reality, we've drifted away from that place where we're actively pursuing God on a deeper level. Imagine if my relationship with my wife 
was like that. You know, it's like, okay, I talked to Kathy today, check. You gave her a kiss on the cheek, check. Said she looked nice, check. Went to dinner, check. It can get really routine, can it? And you don't really have any relationship. You know, I think often about my relationship with Kathy because my relationship with Kathy is the one relationship that I could tell you that emulates everything that I feel about God. God's relationship. See, I have this thing with God. I love Him. I love Him. I love Him. He is the reason I can have the relationship I have with her. I love Him. But I was thinking about my relationship with Kathy. I not only love her, I like her. I like being with her. I like watching her. I like her sense of humor. I like her interests. I like her when I find she's, you know, most of you know she's a school teacher. She's a science teacher. And so she's doing this thing called TikTok Tuesday. And so the reason she's doing that is because on TikTok you can get several, you can get uh, science uh, uh, videos. And so I'm scouring TikTok, getting videos for her for TikTok Tuesday. I love it. I love, I love shows. See, there's this new telescope up there. It's called the James Webb, I think, telescope. It's like a million miles out. And it's taking these just aw awesome, awesome pictures. And, and so whenever there's something comes up, I'll show her. I love watching her face light up. Or when the volcano erupts. I just love showing her Iceland. I'm taking her to Iceland hopefully soon. I got to figure out how to get there, but we're going to go because we're going to go stand by that erupting volcano. I know we're just going to do it. That's why I'm, I got to lose weight so I can hike out there. You know what I'm saying? I got, I'll die out there. They'll just roll me into the volcano and be done with it. But I like being with her. I like being with God. I'm not afraid of him. I enjoy his company. He likes me. Amen? Those things don't just happen overnight. Those things are intentional. Those things are when we come together and we are actually deliberate to deepen our relationship. Can you say amen? Now, I want you to think about this. When Paul the Apostle wrote the book of Philippians, he had been a Christian for about 25 years at that point. God had used him to perform all kinds of miracles. We know that. He had several encounters with Jesus, including being caught up into heaven, but he did not rest in those experiences. He said that he wanted to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, and then he said this, listen, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 and four, through 14, not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay a hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, he says, I am not satisfied. I am not satisfied with where I'm at. He says, I'm pressing on. And he's saying, I haven't got there yet. I haven't laid hold of it yet. I mean, when you read about Paul's life and all that he encountered, it's pretty impressive. 
I mean, he's had some things happen, and he's saying, I haven't got there yet, but I'm getting there. Then I think we should too. Because if you go on in Scripture, he said this attitude ought to be in you as well. See, we all need to fight against spiritual complacency. Do you know why? Because it's easy to get distracted. In this day and age, it is so easy to get distracted. A couple of weeks ago, I decided, told Kathy, I said, I'm going to do an experiment. This was a 50% 50 experiment, 50% leading of God. So you, you do the math. I don't know where all that comes out at. But I, I did this thing where I said, you know what, God, what I'm going to do for one week, for seven days, I am not going to watch TV. I am not going to look at videos on my iPad. I'm not going to play games on my iPad. I'm not going to use technology for entertainment. Well, I will allow myself to read because I have a lot of books, and it's a lot easier to read my Bible because I can make the words bigger. I'm at that age. And so somewhere along the line, I just used it for reading for seven days. I was amazed at how slow the days go by. I mean excruciatingly slow. I was amazed. I'm a guy that's normally up till 11, 30, 12 o'clock. Not this time. In bed, sleeping at 8.30. It ain't dark out. Huh. I was amazed. I was amazed at how much I actually got done in a very little amount of time. I was amazed at how much I was giving my life to nothing. Zero. In fact, it's not even nothing. It was actually a deficit because it takes from me. It costs me. Now, I'm not up here preaching against technology. I'm not going to tell you, you know, to go out and shoot your TV with a gun. I'm not, going to, I'm not telling you to do all of that. What I am saying is you need to be deliberate about your relationship with God. Because if you're not careful, there will be a distraction that will make sense. I mean, I would even tell my wife, she'd come home from school, and I'd go, man, I was busy today. I was busy. I don't know where the time went. I do. And hours into this nonsense. It's like, what are you doing? Oh, we justify it, don't we? We go across, we look at a Christian video. We look at a Christian video or we've read a verse or two or whatever, but we're not going deep. We're distracted. We're being pulled away. But what is he telling us? He's telling us, I want you to be deliberate, and I want you to go deep. Listen to our text. Psalms chapter 63, verses 1 through 8. Listen to David. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. Here's the lesson. The lesson is no matter where we are spiritually, we need to go deeper with God. We need to go deeper with God. 
And so this morning what I'm going to do is I'm going to very quickly give you five ways to go deeper with God. Number one, you need to develop a craving and a hunger for more of God. In verse one, David sets the stage for his pressing in. Listen, he says, oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. Now, David begins with the key to it all. I earnestly search for you. Now, earnestly searching for David was not because God was hidden or, or because David had yet to discover him, but David's hunger is described by his passion, his diligent, enthusiastic chase after God. He wanted more of God. I want more of God, he says. I'm searching for you. I am searching for more of you. Listen to what Paul, or I'm sorry, Moses says in Exodus 33, verse 13 and 18. He says, now therefore I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways that I may know you so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider too that, that this nation is your people. Then in verse 18, then Moses said, I pray you show me your glory. Think about that. Just think about that. See, we are taught, and I think rightfully so, that we should be content with the Lord. And in the context of that there is nothing more to be added, and there's nothing more that this world can offer to make him any better. That is reasonable, but it's not okay to be content with what we understand because there is much, much more richness and deepness in him to explore. Can you say amen? So we say with Moses, let us know your ways that we may know you. Listen to that. Think about it for a moment. This was not a prayer for um, material comfort or health. This wasn't a prayer for success in ministry. This wasn't a prayer so that he could be better than his brethren. This was a prayer so that he could know God deeper. Now, I want you to think for a minute all that Moses had already seen. Think about it. Go all the way back. He saw the burning bush. That, for me, would have been enough. I mean, if I go out in the desert today and I see a bush burning and all of a sudden I hear a voice from heaven that says, take your shoes off, this is holy ground, I'm golden. I'm done, I'm finished, it's it, cooked. Stick a fork in me. I'm through. That was awesome. That's awesome. And then, not only does he have this moment, but then he argues with God. I mean, God calls him and says, I'm going to send you back to Egypt and you're going to deliver them. And he goes, no, nah, I can't do that. He says, I, I'm, I'm a man of slow speech. In other words, I stutter. I don't talk really well, and so I'm not think, I don't think I could go back, but he's having this moment. And then on top of that, he does go into Egypt, and you know what? He has these 10 most incredible miracles that delivers Egypt. He sees God move in a way that's unprecedented. And then if that ain't enough, the Red Sea I mean, can you imagine, just think of, okay, we're talking about the Red Sea. How about part the Colorado River? That'd be good. That'd be pretty impressive. Right there in front of Don Laughlin's, you know, just right by the bridge. You know, just part that thing. Man, I'm telling you, if I saw that, I'm done. I'm cooked. I'm over. That's enough. 
But it goes on even beyond that. He sees the handwriting of God on the stone tablets. God gives him the law and on and on. And then Moses says, but I'm not done yet, God. I haven't seen enough. I want to see your glory. And God says to him, okay, what I'm going to do is this is, we're going to have to work this out. I'm going to hide you inside this rock. Then I'm going to put my hand over your eyes. Then I'm going to pass by. And then what's going to happen, I'm going to really quick lift my hand just for a second, and you're going to get to see the residue of my presence after I've gone by. And that alone caused his face to glow for one month. <coughs> That's what I want. See, I, you know, I, it, doesn't it sound silly? Let's, can we just get real? Can we get honest here? Doesn't it sound silly? I want to see, see the glory of God. Oh, that's really nice, Pastor. I, that's nice. No, no, I, I want to see the glory of God. I want to see the glory of God where he knocks me out. I want to be out on the floor. I mean, I want to be just out, flat out. Done. I want the glory of God. I want Him. I am so tired. I don't know about you, but I'm so tired of messing around. Amen. I'm tired of fiddling around. You know what? I, I drive down the, the roads of these streets and I see people that are in such desperate need of God. People come to me with desperate needs of healing. People come to me with desperate needs of, of emotional problems and, and people come with broken hearts and, and they come horribly abused and on and on, all the different things and all this stuff and I see this and I think, God, I know there is an answer. I know there is an answer. And the answer is you, Jesus. You are more than enough and it's incumbent on me to go, to go, to go dive those depths to bring up that cool water out of that well. The problem is, church, we're hanging out at the surface. We're hanging out in the shallows. I don't know if you've ever been in a pond. Back in Michigan, there were ponds everywhere. And if you go stand by a pond, the water that's just really shallow, it's kind of scummy. There's, there's all kinds of bugs and little tiny fish and there's, you know, salamanders and, and it's just yucky. Yucky. But if you get into that pond and you go down deep, there's clear, cool water down there because it's fed by a spring. You know, and we're hanging out, the church is hanging out in the shallows, and we're wondering why aren't things working the way they're supposed to. I mean, you know, the apostles had this happen to them. One day they're, they're confronted with a young man that probably has epilepsy. The, the, that demonic epileptic demon was throwing him in the fire and the water. And the father comes and says, would you cast this out? And they try. They do everything that they know to do. They go through their 10 steps of healing. And then their 15 steps of deliverance. And then their, all their stuff. And all on and on and on. And they can't get it done. Jesus comes from where? The Mount of Transfiguration. And he comes down the mountain and the father runs to him and says, man, I brought my son to your disciples. They can't get the job done, but can you? And Jesus says, yeah, get out of my way. And so he looks at the kid and he says, be gone in Jesus' name. And that spirit left. And then the disciples take Jesus aside a little bit later. They say, why couldn't we do it? And Jesus said this and it's remarkable. He said, this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. And here's what we do, church. Here's the problem. This is what we do. We start focusing on the mechanics of prayer and fasting. 
as if that's the answer. Instead of understanding what Jesus was saying is prepare your heart with me. Go a little bit deeper in me. Spend some time with me. Don't be so distracted. What does fasting do? Fasting keeps you from being distracted. It is you deliberately setting yourself aside from the pleasures of, the, of eating food and saying, God, I am focused on you, and then that prayer. But what happens is we get so focused on the mechanics of prayer and fasting that we forget the point that we need to go deeper with God to bring this about. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And church, I'm done hanging in the shallows. The problem is, you know what happens when you don't hang in the shallows no more? You go deep and you get a little weird. It's not that you get weird, you actually normalize, but it's actually weird to society. <laughs> Are you hearing me? You're, you're, some of you, you're, you're going, where's he taking us? What's he going to do? Going to make us dance? I know some of you are thinking that. Is he going to make us get up here and hoof it up? No, I'm not going to make you do that. I know, Pat. You'd love to, wouldn't you? Pat would love to. I'll, Pat's my hero, man, I'll tell you. Pat's lived the most, most interesting life that I can think of. She's awesome. But we need to go deeper with God, don't we? Tommy Tinney said these words. He says, just, God is just waiting to be caught by someone who's hunger has exceeded their grasp. And so what we need to do this morning is we need to cultivate a holy dissatisfaction. We need not to be satisfied with where we're at. We need to say, God, I want more. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians 3, 10 and 12. He says that I may know him and in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may obtain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I've already attained it or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay a hold of that which Christ has also laid a hold of me. In other words, he says, look, I don't care. I want him at any cost. I want to know him even even if I have to sacrifice like he did. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So instead of relaxing and taking it easy at the end of his life, Paul puts his life in high gear. Now I'm going to say something to you guys today, and I'm going to be a, a little bit aggressive. You know, our church is a little bit older, but I'm going to say something to you prime timers, okay? Life ain't done yet. Age is a number, and you need, you need, look at, I'm getting older. I'm old enough now. I'm 50, I'll be 57 in November, and I'm old enough now to feel tired. That's where I'm at, okay? I, I am old enough now to understand my parents. I remember when we used to take our three kids over to my mom and dad's, and I remember when we'd come back, the look on their face. I understand that now. I understand. It's like, did you bring the Benadryl? You know, I get that. I love my grandchildren. I love them with all my heart. But I understand the energy that they have. And I don't have that energy anymore. And, I, and it's like, okay, go to the movie and eat your dinner and get back. <laughs> quick. Really quick. Amen. Come on. I, I, I remember because I'm tired. But look at, see, the problem is, is we could get that attitude in our Christianity. It's like, oh, just let the young people do it. But then we get mad when the young people do it. Because we don't like their style. Well, I'm going to say something to the old people. Let's rise up. Let's slide into the grave completely empty. 
Let's use it up. Paul here is at the end of his life, and he says, if it takes me being sacrificed, so be it. But I want to know more of God. He hungered for him. Can you say amen? The second thing, he thirsts for God. David describes his hunger, and then he reveals his thirst. He says, my soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. See, it's one thing to be hungry. It's a whole nother thing to be thirsty. You can, live a, a lot, you can live weeks without food, but you can't live days without water. But he says, you know what? I'm thirsty. He says, I'm like I'm, like I'm in a dry and parched land. He says, I need more. I need more. I am like a dry sponge. I want to soak up everything that you are. Do you remember when Jesus confronted the woman at the well? He speaks to her and he says to her, give me some water. And she's just amazed. Why would this Jew be speaking to a Samaritan? And after all, he's a man. Why is he speaking to a woman? But she's pretty brazen. We know that. So she goes on and she questions him. And he says to her, he finally, after all her questioning, he says, if you only knew who was sitting in front of you, if you only knew the gift that I am, you wouldn't want to give me water, but you would ask me for water. He says, for the water that I give is living water, and if you drink of it, you will never thirst again. You know what my concern for the church is in these last days is that we've become... parched. We have malnutrition going on, and we're living inches from the supply. Can you imagine somebody dying of thirst within reach of water? Can you imagine dying of hunger in reach of food? And the only reason is because they just didn't take it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? David writes in Psalms 42, 1, he says, As a deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for you, O God. We were created to live in the presence of God, to go deeper into Him. And if we're going to go deeper, then we have to develop this appetite. And I invite you to turn from your distractions and awaken your thirst for God and remember what you pay attention to you create a passion for. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart, with all your heart. In other words, it can't be halfway. In other words, it can't be flippant. It can't be like, oh yeah, no, I'm seeking for God. It's when you finally get in and go, you know what, God? I need you. Amen. Number three, we press into his presence. David learned the art of practicing the presence of God. He says, I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power. See, there's nothing quite like the presence of God. Can you say amen? I mean, the presence of God changes everything. And we, need, we were created to walk and live in that. We were created to crave that. We were created there. But let me tell you something about the presence of God. Sometimes you've got to be patient. See, the problem is we're, once again, because of this thing called distraction, because we're impatient, it's like, come on, come on, let's get it going. Let's, let's get this thing rocking and rolling. Come on. We've got things to do. I've got people to see, places to go. Where do you got to go today? Well, I've got to get to, I, gotta get to I, don't, I don't even know the restaurants in town anymore. 
I was going to say JB's, but that's like in the 90s, and that don't even <laughs> exist anymore. I got to get to Golden Corral. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but because I'm on camera. <laughs> but we got to rush. You know, I, I was watching a church service the other day. It was awesome. This church service, do you know they were in worship for an hour and five minutes? That was before they did their announcements. And I'm thinking, how do you do that? That's people that are hungry for God. See, the problem is it's like, are we done singing yet? I'm tired. But see, when the presence of God comes, there's something compelling on the inside. It's like, I don't care how tired I am. I don't care if my legs hurt. I don't, I don't care. I want more of him. And look at, I, look at, I understand. There's been times where I had to sit down. I've sat down and still praised him. I still glorified his name. I still worshiped him. Why? Because I'm hungry for him. And sometimes we've got to be patient and we've got to let him come. It's amazing how often we get so time conscious. And I get it. Look, at if it ain't happened, let's move on, right? If it ain't happened, let's, let's, don't waste time. Let's go. But sometimes you got to wait on him. Sometimes he says, stand still and see. Stand still and see. Amen. Sometimes, it's like, what if I said to you, all right, let's just be quiet. We get anxious. Some of you are already anxious. Some of you are already worried about me being long-winded today, aren't you? I can feel it. I'm worried about long-winded because you're worried about being long-winded. Sometimes what we got to be is patient. Now, look, I'm not saying that we ought to go have 14-hour church services. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying we got to do what we need to do to allow God to be God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because he's worth it. I'm hungry for him. I don't know about you. Number four, we need to praise and worship. Church, I can't, I don't know how to say this any clearer. If you don't worship out loud, the Bible says worship, praise and worship is the fruit of your lips. I know, there's, I know there's folks, I've, I've heard it before because I've said it before, they're like, why are, you, why are you dissing the way I do it? I'm not dissing the way you do it. I'm saying there's more. And it's worth it. You know, this morning, as we were singing in this 1030 service and people were coming to the altar, did you feel that spirit change? Do you feel that? God gets, God's like, whoa, something's happening. Let's, let's go down there, Gabriel, let's move. There's something about that. You know what? Sometimes we have to break out of that, that stereotypical thing that holds us back. And we've got to do something. Sometimes the best worship you can give is a step forward. It's to say, you know what? I'm going to get out of the boat, man. I'm going to step up. I'm going to do something. Oftentimes I find, you know, most of the time before service, I'm right there. And I find myself, what I do is I'll take a couple steps forward into the altar. Why? Because I want God to know. I want to communicate with my whole body. God, you are important to me. 
and I'm not just along for the ride. You know, our worship team is good enough that they could, we could just sit and be entertained. We could just sit and listen to the, oh, they sing so beautiful, and they do. But that's not the point. The point is not that we give them a platform for them to display their talent. They are leading us into the presence of God through praise and worship, and we are to enter in with them. When you do that, it will pull you deeper into Him. David said this, how I praise you, I praise you as long as I live, I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. There is no substitute for praise and worship. Can you say amen? amen. And finally, number five, he says, David writes, he says, I lie awake thinking of you meditating on you through the night. We need to think about God and we need to reflect. We need to meditate. And I declare to you that every one of you know how to meditate. So what do you mean? Well, let me show you. Let's say tomorrow when you go to the mailbox, you get a bill from Mojave County and it's a $2,627.89 tax bill that for some reason was overlooked. It was actually their mistake, but it's due now. And if you don't pay it now, we're gonna confiscate your property. I don't have $2,667.32, I don't have that. So what you will do all day Monday is you will sit and think about that bill. And you generally don't think about, oh, God's going to come and make a way for me. What you do is you think about the Gestapo coming and seizing you and your property, throwing you into debtor's prison. Now you're in debtor's prison and there's no food there. And so you don't know what to do because your family won't bring any food to you. So you're going, dear God, why isn't my family bringing food? Why don't they care about me? man, I did everything for my family and they did nothing, so I'm going to escape. Now you've escaped and you're on the run, but somehow you've made it into a foreign country. You can't speak the language and so now the food problem is still a problem because you don't know how to ask for food. And so you're living on the street in the middle of nowhere and you're thinking, dear God, how did this happen? It wasn't my fault. I would have paid the bill, but somebody in the clerk's office just made a mistake and now it's my fault. Why do all these things happen to me? You know what, God, are you actually working for me? Are you working against me? I don't know what's happened. That's called meditation. And we build a case in our head and we run with it. It can happen. Go to a doctor's office. It's a general, general visit and the doctor says, well, there's a lump. It's really a pimple, but he said lump. If he would have said pimple, you wouldn't have bothered, but he said lump. And you're off to the races. Oh my God, I got a lump. No, you have pimple. But in your mind, it's a lump. And now it's a tumor and it's metastasized. And your arms have just fell off. And now you got to get chemo and it's going to make all your hair go out. And you know what? you got to wear a wig and you don't know what to do. That's called meditation. You know what I'm talking about. I know I'm hamming it up. But that's what we do. We spend hours thinking about the negative. We just spend hours. You know what? The Bible says, count your blessings. Write them down. God did this, God did this, God did this, God did this, 
God did this, God did this, God did this, God did this. Wow, God, you did a lot more than I thought you did. And when you meditate on him, you go deeper. When you think about what he's doing, you go deeper. I close with this. I shared with you a few weeks ago that I had gone to the doctor and I went from the big waiting room into the little waiting room. And I'm in that exam room and I was in there for 45 minutes and I was convinced they forgot me. Even to the point I opened up the door. I told you how when I go in there, I mess with all the stuff. They, didn't, they know now with me, they put me in an empty room. There's, there's a chair because I mess with everything, man. Everything. I test it out on me. I get, if there's a stethoscope, I listen to my own heart. I, I take my own blood pressure three or four times before they get there. I, I, touch, I do everything. So I'm in this room and there's nothing in there but a chair and a bench. <laughs> nothing, zero. So I have my phone and I, I got a hold of the nurse. The nurse said, well, there's been an emergency. He'll be in just a minute. So I thought, well, I'm not going to just sit here and do nothing. So I started reading scripture. And I started just meditating on scripture, on healing, on deliverance, on salvation. And you know what? I had a good old time in that waiting room. Time went faster. The doctor came. Things were fixed. No problem. Because I changed the tape in my head. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what we have to do. We have, to, we have to come up with a craving for God. We've got to hunger for Him. We need to thirst for Him. We need to praise Him and worship Him. We need to meditate on Him. Can you say amen? Why don't you bow your heads with me for a moment? Father, I pray, God, for each and every person in this room. Lord, I pray that you touch them, Father. Lord, I pray, God, that you would meet us halfway. God, that you would give us a desire for more of you. Father, I pray, God, that you would create a hunger in us, God, that you would move us in that direction. Lord, as we hunger for you, God, and look for you, God, that you would reveal yourself. Father, that we would see you in greater and greater ways. Father, open up your word to us. Give us wisdom and understanding. And Father, we're careful to give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask my ministry team if they would come. We always, as you know, if you're new here, let me just explain. We always have the ministry team come up. So if you need prayer for anything, doesn't matter what it is, that you could come up and that you can be touched and be ministered to, that God will minister. These people are trained to pray. And so we want you to come up and utilize them and let God minister to you. Um, let's all stand to our feet. We're going to release you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for those watching online. God bless you. We'll see you next week. You have a wonderful day. God bless. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.